Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. I'm excited to be back here with you today because I'm joined by a great guest, Catherine Pomerantz from bookkeepingartist.com. How's it going, Catherine? Hi, I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good on this. What is it? Tuesday? Wednesday? I don't even know what day it is. I think Wednesday night. (laughs) Wednesday night. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> That's how you know, like you've been too busy at work when you don't even know what day of the week it is. So, <laughs> I mean, we both are accountants, and tis the season. Exactly of just yeah. nonsense. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I thank you for taking some time out of your day to to come and join me here. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm really excited for this. Oh yeah, for sure. Because the main reason, other than you know, you just being a great person, that I brought you on here is that a lot of people are starting to take on the side hustles. You know, we have this gig economy going on where people are doing you know everything from you know like the structure things like an Uber or uh, like a Postmates delivery service, or they're they're doing their own thing that they started on their own. Um, you're seeing this is being more and more part of uh, the income people are taking on. Mm-hmm. And so with that comes a lot of responsibility, a lot of things that you need to take uh, <laughs> into consideration that you wouldn't if you were a traditional employee. And one of those big items is taxes because it's all on you because <laughs> yeah. you're the only one there. Absolutely. No, it's so true. Um, I think we're going to see more and more rise of the side gig as the years go on, especially with the new tax cuts, it's more profitable than ever to be in business for yourself. And that's great news. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I think it's it is difficult because most people don't have this knowledge of of what to do as, as you know, as I guess like a, a solopreneur or entrepreneur or just someone doing something on their own. And so I wanted to bring you on here, Catherine, because if I didn't already say, you know, Catherine, she's from bookkeepingartist.com. She's a money mentor. Uh, you help individuals like combine tax strategy, bookkeeping strategy to kind of help them have a better relationship with with their money. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you're a licensed tax preparer. Yes. And so I thought if anyone had some tips for people out there looking to take on these taxes and, you know, handle their finances as, uh, as an individual, it would be you. So, Catherine, what tips do you have for us as a you know, our side gig workers, the side hustlers to, to handle their taxes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, my first advice is don't stress. Um, <laughs> <which> <laughs> probably counterintuitive, but a lot of people, they get really caught up in doing the right thing. And for, first and foremost, I want to emphasize that despite how it appears, the right thing is a little bit gray. Now, there are good rules to follow, and I'm going to give you a bunch of them. And, well, as many as I can cram in, right, in a, into a bag of popcorn. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the chances of getting audited is less than 2%. And with more and more people jumping on this side gig, this entrepreneurial adventure, it's going to probably drop even more. Like the IRS is used to seeing this now. It's no longer raising red flags. Mm -hmm. So that's the very first thing is don't stress. And the second thing is though, make sure you are prepared because you are going to owe self-employment taxes on any income over $400. And most people don't think that. They think, well, I didn't receive, you know, a 1099 miss. I didn't get paid $600 by someone. But it doesn't matter if you own a lemonade stand and you're selling lemonade at 50 cents a pop. As soon as you make $400 selling lemonade, you owe taxes. So you don't want to ignore it. Somebody is going to come knocking for their chunk of that money. <laughs> you know, that, that's a really good point because I didn't even think about that because you know I've been I've been a W two employee my whole life, mm-hmm. and so 
I didn't, I've always, you know, known that, you know, if you work, if you earn more than $600, you know, you have to get a 1099, but I didn't realize that the actual threshold for paying taxes or self, self-employment taxes was 400. So that's a great tip. Right. Well, it's like any business, right? You know, I use the lemonade stand cause it's cute, but it's, The same thing as if you own a coffee shop, no one's going to send you a 1099 miss. No one buys $600 worth of coffee in one go, (laughs) but you're still in business and you still need to treat yourself like a business. Um, And so even if you're a side hustler, even if you're a freelancer and you're selling little things on Etsy or you're doing, you know, these $10, $20 transactions or less at a pop. If it adds up enough, then yeah, that's a business and you need to think like a business and you need to treat it like a business. And that includes prepping for taxes. Oh, no, that's a great point. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for giving that one. I'm going to actually write that down and keep that in mind for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, mediapreneurs totally count. If you podcast, if you blog, you are self-employed and that is great news. <laughs> so there are some specific tips for how to actually, you know, record and get ready for tax season and make it a little stress-free. So do you want me just run through some of these and see how many we can fit in? Yeah, please do. Go for it. Great. So the very first thing I would like you to do if you are thinking about starting a side gig is go and open a business checking account because you want to have your business and your personal income separate. Now, this is not actually a hard and fast rule. There is nothing that the IRS is going to say that means you have to do this but it's going to be really, really good idea because it's going to help you track what your actual cash flow is, what your actual income is, and it's going to be way easier to claim deductions and show, hey, no, this was business. It came out of the business account. Actually, I guess I should back up because to open a business account, you need an EIN. That's an employer identification number. Uh, Yes. Again, it's not required, but it's a really great idea because if you don't have an EIN, when people want to pay you and they send you a W-9, you're going to have to give them your social security number. I wouldn't want my social security number floating around. So why not get an EIN? It's free. You can do it from the IRS's website. It takes only a few minutes and it's a great way to get yourself started. Then you can open that business bank account and then you can start keeping really, really thorough records. And that's what we call bookkeeping in the accounting world. That is what it just means is like keeping track of your income, keeping track of your expenses, who you pay, keeping receipts. That's all part of bookkeeping. Oh, I, I love that. Yeah, it is. That That's what bookkeeping is. That's what accounting is. And the big step to that, though, is not only having these records to, you know, show on your tax return, but also to review these records and to make steps to make sure that you're always profitable, to review the records and look back and be like, no, I am in business. I'm being serious. I am making strides to make more money. That way, even if you're at a loss, you can still claim, no, I'm real. I'm a real business. I can deduct this loss because here I am thinking like a business, acting like a business, like going through my own records and creating strategies to improve them. Along with that, I want to make sure if you start a business, make sure you have the proper licenses, the proper insurance and the proper certification for your industry. And this is very specific to your location. Oftentimes there are zoning laws that prevent certain types of businesses being like operated out of your home, depending on where you live. So check with your county, check with your state, do a quick Google search on your, you know, the the state's website and just see what pops up. Make phone calls. In my experience and when I help clients, I can get somebody on the phone and they're thrilled to help me because I'm bothering to ask the question. (laughs) So many people get in trouble because they're not, they just don't even know to ask that. And then they, you know, have fees on the line or they run out of business because they weren't legal and all sorts of mess. So they would love to help you from day one 
get you on the right track. Oh, that's a, that's a great point. Because I don't think many people think about the fact that maybe you shouldn't be running the business yeah. where you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, and oftentimes it's just as simple as getting a permit or as getting a, you know, they, they'll make exceptions depending on the type of business or they just say, hey, as long as you only have like one client at a time, if you're running a music studio, for example, that's a big one. They're like, well, parking becomes an issue. How many people you can have in your home becomes an issue. So again, as have that conversation with your county, you know, clerk or whoever the office person is or whoever that you need to talk to. And, you know, it's not a big deal usually to get it taken care of. The other thing then, if you're working a full-time job and you do have a side gig, document the hours you spend on that side gig. That will, again, help show that I worked these hours, I worked this time, and that'll help with like your home office deduction, like proving I need to take away this part of my internet, this part of my utilities, because I was actually working in my home this many hours. That's a, that's a, that's a great one because, you know, when that, when it comes to tax, like tax time and you're getting everything together, you're not going to remember <laughs> what happened or what oh, you're no. doing, you know, 12 months ago. Oh, no. And the IRS does not accept estimates. <laughs> Plenty of people will. Yeah, oh, oh, it drives me nuts. Well, OK, I love what I do. So, of course, I get really passionate about it. But. A lot of people will like try to be like, well, it's like 25% of the time. And I'm like, well, we can put that, but I want you to start using a time tracker. Like, I don't care if you just write it down and put it on a Google doc and you just update like, oh, one hour today, one hour this day, or, but there are free apps that will do it. There's apps that will like pair with your accounting software that does it. There's so many great ways to make it a piece of cake. And then you can just show the government and be like, Hey, I did this. And they can be like, great, you did that. And then Problem solved. Everybody's happy. And you're probably getting a bigger and more accurate deduction. Because if you're trying to remember back, you're not going to remember every time you did it. But if you log in and you're like, I was working here, I was working here, I went to this meeting, you know, all that sort of stuff means your deduction is going to be bigger and you're going to be able to take even more back. That, that's a great tip right there. Because that's, I think record keeping as a whole is something that most people forget about. So having these little details, these little tips you need to keep track mm-hmm. of. Um, is going to make a huge difference, especially when it comes to when your accountant's asking you, so what did you do this year? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm the bookkeeping artist is because that is where it all starts. That's step one. Perfect. Well, Catherine, it was really great having you here. I think these were some, some really, really great tips. So just to recap really quick, you know, number one, don't stress. Oh yeah. (laughs) Step two was try to create a separate account and open up a business account to keep your money separate. So you can not only know what money is going where, but also be able to show, like you said, your progress and mm-hmm. make it that much easier if you need to claim a loss or or any other specific type of deduction, because you can clearly see a separation. And then um, also make sure you're, you have the correct licenses or permits for for where you're, you're actually doing your business. Yeah. I think that's one that could be overlooked yeah. <laughs> many times. And so, Catherine, thank you again. I appreciate you spending some time here with me. And before we go, is there anything going on that you'd like to share with the listeners? Anything special you have going on that um, that could be helpful at all? Oh, yeah. If you are in business or if you're thinking of starting a business or if you just have some questions about profit strategy or taxes or how to kind of make more money with what you're doing, I do have an introductory rate for strategy sessions. So you can buy an hour of my time and it's not a sales call. It is literally just, hey, you need me for an hour. So we're going to sit down and get real nitty gritty. And that's for a nice introductory rate. You can find out more information right on my website, bookkeepingartist.com. Oh, definitely. That's great. It's a great service, especially because it's it's one off. You can go in there, 
get some advice, get some strategy to help you get started and maybe clear up some of those those difficult, you know, like situations that you're dealing with. So yeah, no, that was great. Thanks for offering that. And you know, also is is there any place online we can keep up with the other than uh, bookkeepingartist.com? I am on Facebook, but I confess I am <laughs> bad at social media. So you can again find me at Bookkeeping Artist on Facebook. I do have a live channel that I do every Wednesday with more money and tax tips like these. Great. So Catherine, appreciate it. I think this is going to be really helpful for everyone, especially going into tax season and also just getting ready for, for next year because, you know, we're already, you know, over a quarter of the way through the year. And so it's no better time to start than right now to get ready for, you know, 2019 tax season. So I think this will definitely be helpful. No, well, thank you, Chris. It's been, like I said, I knew this was going to be fun. And so I'm really glad you had me. <laughs> so yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Hope to have you on again because I'm, you know, tax preparation or getting ready for your taxes is a, a year round thing. So I'm sure you have a lot more knowledge locked in your brain that uh, that's going to be helpful to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, let's get it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Catherine, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, I just want to say thanks again to Catherine from bookkeepingartist.com for stopping by and sharing some great tips for those of us working some side hustles and not really sure what's going on tax-wise and what we should be prepared for. I think she, she laid out a great plan and some great ideas for, for all of us to think about. And if you want to find out more about Catherine and also the strategy sessions that she's offering, you can visit the show notes at popcornfinance.com slash 54. It's numbers five and four because this is episode 54. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, just want to say welcome. <laughs> Thanks for checking it out. And if you didn't know, this was the second episode in the Popcorn Finance Side Hustle series that I've been doing. The first one was with Kevin from FinancialPanther.com. And he's an attorney who's doing all these crazy side hustles while still working full time. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that way you can catch all future episodes in this series. Because next week, we're going to be joined by Maggie Germano. She actually just recently took her side hustle and turned it into her full-time job. So that's definitely an inspiring story. And if you're interested in doing that yourself, I think this would be a good one for you to listen to. Also, last week in the first episode in this series, I mentioned that I would be starting a new side hustle of my own. I joined the Amazon Merch program a while ago, and this is basically a program where you can upload designs and Amazon will print them on onto t-shirts on demand and they'll send you a, a, a share of the price. So I officially finished my profile. I had signed up for the merch program. I got accepted, you know, months ago. I just never did anything with it. So I officially completed my profile. I watched a video on things I shouldn't be doing, like uploading copyrighted material, which I think was pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> but I, I made it through that portion. And now I'm working on some design ideas for my first shirt. So if you're not already following me on Instagram, make sure you do because I'll be posting some images of my progress, some of the designs I come up with and and kind of documenting my journey as I try to figure out this whole merch program thing. And also you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Popcorn Finance and I'll be there. <laughs> and lastly, I have a quick one minute survey out there just trying to get some feedback from all of you who are listening to the show to see what you like, what you don't like and what you're looking for for the future because I put this out once I've reached 50 episodes and so I'm looking forward to the next 50. So if you just go to popcornfinance.com slash survey or just look in the show notes, I have a link to the survey. Just takes you a minute and give some great feedback and you'll kind of shape what the show will be in the future. So as always, I appreciate you joining me for another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>